It was a warm day, and a lady got on the train, and she was just, she had so many layers on. There were three, four, five layers of clothing that she had on. And a long-sleeved T-shirt under a short-sleeved T-shirt, that maybe a cardigan over top of that, and jeans that were tucked into socks that were uh, tucked into other socks. And she was carrying a piece of plastic under her arm. And uh, she got on the train, and she walked over to an open seat, and she carefully unfolded this piece of plastic, multiple folds, very precisely, laid it out on the seat and then sat down. And she wrote for about a stop. And then she got up and she refolded the plastic all back up and tucked it under her arm. And then she went to go stand by the door. And that's when I noticed what was written on her t-shirt. There in bubble letters were the words, let the good times roll. It's me, Dale. And if I'm sitting alone in a darkened room listening to the Wild About Klezmer station on Pandora and thinking about where it all went wrong for me, then this must be Dale Radio. It's a show about characters and their creators, and it broadcasts from the deep night to your willing ear holes. Tonight we come to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus, and things are certainly happening around our little Gowani, aren't they? It's quickly becoming the darling of the Superfund set. Rents are skyrocketing. Luxury condos are going up. I have no place to put my boat in or soak my toes on a humid afternoon with all the construction. And now this. This news came in today, and it came as quite a blow to me. The Pathmark, the Gowanus Pathmark, is closing. Everything must go signs hang from the rafters in yellow and red. The canned goods are no longer being restocked. It's time to get over there if you're on a fixed income like I am. It's a sad day. Now, did the place give me the creeps? Sure, yes. Had it ever been cleaned properly? That's not the first thing on my mind when I go to purchase food. Who thinks about that? The point is it was affordable and it meant a lot to us in the community. We all gathered there and said hello or didn't say hello, but acknowledged each other as we struggled to get a cart out of the parking lot. Now, the Met food on Smith that smelled like cat urine, did I mind seeing that go? Not as much. But, oh, they did have a nice selection of cheeses. And the deli man and I had become close. Close in that New York City way where you nod at each other as you walk down the aisle. And uh, even though you may think, well, gosh, I've been coming here so long, he's got to know my order by now. You kind of hesitate, and you second-guess yourself. And just as you're about to give your order, what happens? But he's saying the exact same thing out loud at the same time as you. Chicken, cutlet, half-pound pimento loaf, three-quarter pounds provolone, thinly sliced. <laughs> I mean, I blushed. In Delhi ease. That's like asking someone to go camping with you. That's how intimate a moment it was. Knowing and anticipating one's basic needs, the exchange. I blushed and had to look away, back toward the end of aisle tower of on-sale ginger ales. 
I was never that close to anyone at the Pathmark, but I went in from time to time. Their seafood section was questionable, but some of their meat wasn't gray, and I had a can of tuna there that was out of this world. But the folks who live outside of the condo zone, they're going to have to struggle a bit to find affordable groceries, right? I mean, that's, that's real talk, you know, and there's not an easy solution to that. I mean, they could, as I have done, begin urban farming. I eat 70% of what I grow on my windowsills, and I've rigged up a personal smoker on my fire escape. you got salmon, ham hocks, day-old egg McMuffins. It's amazing what a little smoke will do. And I have fresh herbs every day. Every day I make an omelet loaded with herbs. Yep, I got uh, rosemary, thyme, marjoram, is that how you say that? Majorum? Ma- Major Ram? I don't know that one. I don't know what to do with, but I, I'll put it in there. Spice up the eggs. A little cayenne. All kinds of stuff. You grow cayenne in a windowsill? Maybe. Dry it out. Dry anything out. Pul- pulverize it. I, I, it's all going to be in the cookbook, folks. Whole Foods is down there on the canal, but that's not a price option for most people unless you want to try and make a single pre-made salad last for a week. I've tried. It's not easy. Thursday is about when things start to turn south and uh, about when I lose my appetite for wilted greens stored in plastic boxes. So many salads in plastic these days. I mean, I'm happy for the free Tupperware, but it can't be good for the environment to have all these things piling up. You know, I was reading about kelp and seaweed farming as the future solution to our overextended agriculture. They call it aquaculture. It's what Aquaman does. Well, okay, but the day I have to unwrap a starfish swarm and pick through bits of sea cucumber to get to the krill falafel is the day I stop strapping on my scuba gear for lunch. (laughs) It's a watery future, folks. My hands are pruny thinking about it. It rained in Yemen. They got 10 years' worth of rain in a day. A blimp may still be on the loose over Pennsylvania. These are strange days, folks, strange, strange days. And speaking of strange, I would like to take a moment to acknowledge our sponsor today, Audible.com. Yes, Audible is a place you can find strange things, ordinary things too, but I think if you're like me, you prefer the darker nooks of the audiobook universe. With more than 100,000 titles to choose from, I think I'd start with this one. Out-of-Body Travel and Mysticism, a primer on the basics of -of out-of-body experiences and energetic law in out-of-body travel and mysticism. Well, that's a mouthful, and it's read by Marilyn Hughes. Marilyn Hughes, of course, often celebrated by the Out-of-Body Travel Foundation. You'd think that all the out-of-body travel orgs would have been run out by the online competitors by now, but no, here's one still going, and this one can even Skype coach you about near-death experiences. Go toward the light. Go toward the... Incoming call. I guess you just hope if you're the out-of-body consultant, you don't hear the contact has left the group sound. (laughs) Oh, that would be awkward. I just checked their website again, and I see that they provide services for astral travel. I've done a bit of 
that recently. But, you know, I'll tell you, astral travel isn't what it used to be. They charge you for your emotional baggage. You used to get giant columns of light for supper. Now it's just a few dried-out crystals on a ciabatta roll. The cloud seats are smaller. The astral angels prefer to be called spiritual journey attendants. So if you're fed up with all that hassle, all the changes that have happened, just visit audibletrial.com slash radio and uh, give the massive selection of mystic audiobooks a try. You can enjoy travel on this or any plane uh, with a free audiobook and a 30-day trial of audible.com. It's out there. That's not their official slogan. It's out there, but I'm going to give them one, you know. Give you a bonus, Audible. You've done so many great things for me. I'm going to give you a slogan. Well, we're guestless today. <laughs> That's okay. That is okay with me since I have been meaning to get to a solo episode where we can catch up and I can tell you about some of the things that have been going on in my life. Enough with all these other great people. How about me? <laughs> right? Isn't that what you're thinking? And there's so many positives that... Um, have been occurring, and it's almost lifted me out of the depressing slump that I have been in for most of August, September, and October. I would tell you that day 40 of wearing sweats covered in hummus stains, uh, that was the breaking point for me. But uh, up until that moment, I was still uh, try, you know, dragging myself out there, trying to do things. And I, I managed to be quite productive uh, through all of this. And uh, we've got a lot of things for you to to take in, to enjoy on a number of different platforms. First of all, this week we've launched a new series of web videos. Oh, do you enjoy watching videos on computers and handheld devices as much as I do? This is the future. I mean, rising waters, yes, but also, oh, watching something on a small screen. Whenever I watch a movie on my phone, I feel like I should be sliding into a silver jumpsuit and turning on lots of colorful lights and switches. I definitely think visors are next. This is a free idea. I'm full of free ideas today, and this is another one. Google, they out there in Silicon Valley, they tried to, to do these glasses, Google glasses, right? They tried that. I don't, I don't know who steered them away from visors because visors are way cooler, way cooler. Just ask any dad playing poker in a basement or me the entirety of fourth grade. I was a visor hound, man, <laughs> and... The chicks loved it. Uh, it was really, I wore the heck out of that visor. I had to replace the elastic in the back of that thing. I wore it so much. And, uh, boy, I just so many different ones. Get a, get a visor is what I'm saying. Get that and then somehow project into that. Or I don't know what's involved on a technical end. You know, the back end, uh, right, with your CMSs. But uh, however you rig it, uh, I don't know, maybe it runs on Ruby on Rails. I don't know. Drupal? <laughs> I don't know what any of these things are. But uh, if you can get an operating system that works in a visor, then you're on to something. Then I've, I should kickstart that right now. I ought to get on there, type it in, and get it. And then everybody's just going to be watching stuff on visors. And I'll say, see, that's me. That was me. That was my idea. Check the audio recordings. The ones we blasted out into space. So uh, if now there's a very real possibility. You know, you do a podcast this forever. These things, they, they go out into the uh, space, you know, into the, into the atmosphere, past the Van Allen belts, 
and they go out there and they're, they're just I'm pretty sure this is how podcasts work and they go out they infinity the radio waves just keep going out there especially if you play it over I guess you have to play it over a radio but the point is if you are listening to this program in the future or in a spaceship headed to Mars Hello, future explorer. It's me, Dale. You can go ahead and tell Siri to activate Visor and visit sanfrangelis.co and call up the web series Opening Bags. Now, I understand if you're in the future, this is probably 30 years old by now, and it is a household name. It was a sensation here at 2015 all the way through 2020. Just had people rolling in the aisles. Lots of people saying, take a look in my sack. That was kind of the catchphrase for it. Trust me on this. And it remains as relevant in your time as it was in mine. What is it? I'll tell you, for the people that are here now, what is it? Well, I was asked by a friend who said, Dale, you love shopping. True. Uh, what do you do when you get home? I said, I open the bags. Bang. And he said, perfect. And we shot a bunch of short videos of me doing just that, opening bags from all the great places that I go during the week. And things start off with a trip to one of my favorite places, Dwayne Reed, a New York institution. And when people come to New York for the first time, I say, listen, be sure and fly into LaGuardia. As soon as you come outside there by the baggage claim, just take a big, deep breath of that fresh air. Fill your lungs with that LaGuardia air. And then hop in the first car you see. Usually there's a guy there. And I say, yeah, you need a taxi. Say, yes. First guy says, you need a taxi. Yes. Get in there. Go with him. And tell him you want to go to Dwayne Reed. Say, where do you want to go? Dwayne Reed. And uh, just be sure you go to the one that's in the city. Now, that's, it's going to take him a while to figure out, to kind of narrow it down. And it might cost you about 70 bucks or so. Maybe it'll take you an hour, hour and a half to get to the one that I'm thinking of. But do it. Do not be sorry. It's, it's an essential New York experience. It's better than a double-decker bus tour in Manhattan at night. Um, the, uh, way better than that is a rush hour trip in a gypsy cab to a no longer locally owned pharmaceutical chain. That's what you want to do. That's your introduction to New York. And that's what we got on the first episode of this thing. And uh, it's just great. You, you'll, feel, you'll feel at ease. You'll feel more like you know New York a little bit better. And um, you hear the phrase gypsy cab and you think, hmm, I don't know. Uh, one, you think that might be problematic. But two, you think, well, it should be a lot more fun than it is. You know, <laughs> you expect maybe some uh, music, some uh, very vibrant music, uh, perhaps some kind of accordion, a miniature accordion, or, or some kind of goat bladder being squeezed, um, maybe some gold coin bracelets or a curtain. or uh, You know, you, what I picture is those circus trailers. Is that what you call them? The wooden things where the magician from the beginning of Wizard of Oz, he was in one of those. He, maybe he had a flat. What was he doing? Eating a hot dog or something. And then, you know, I watched all of Carnival on HBO. I still can't think of what these things are called. Anyhow, uh, that's what I want to step into when somebody says Gypsy Cat. Imagine that all around, circled around LaGuardia. All these big wooden wheeled wagons. Circus wagons? Is that it? Circus wagons. That's what I, you know, like people slept in there. Early trailers. Pretty good, I'd say. But no, you don't get one of those. What you get is a beat-up Lincoln or an early 2000s Toyota. I don't think gypsies would go for a Toyota. Roma. Are you supposed to say Roma? Roma people? 
I worked with a person named Romo once. We worked in the school cafeteria together, side by side. What a scene that was. Dishing out chicken fingers to students during work-study hours. Prepared me, though, for my job handing out flyers now. So I guess it wasn't all that bad. Roma, though, oh, he might have actually been a gypsy. Lots of hand-rolled cigarettes and oddly snug turtlenecks. I wish I could pull off a turtleneck. I don't have that many regrets in life, but not wearing more high-neck shirts is one of them. So the series is called Opening Bags. It's going to be rolling out new episodes every Tuesday, and I'm very excited to join. I just feel so embraced by this community. It's really wonderful when you find your people. And uh, I, it's uh, the world of high-end haul videos. You say, what are haul videos? Well, it's a whole genre on YouTube. Mostly it's young women. So strike for diversity that I'm in here, that I'm getting a chance, you know, give the male perspective on all this for once. And uh, it's usually just a gal sitting at home, and she's just come back from shopping, and she's showing you what she is. She's showing you her haul, her haul from the mall. So uh, this is the same thing, it's but with me, and I'm getting great deals. I'm showing you how to get them, and I'm giving great advice on fashion and life and, yes, relationships. I know why you listen to this show, folks. And we'll only be expanding our ability to give you what you need. Help with your life. Why else are you listening to this late at night looking at what a mess your life has become? Don't neglect yourself, folks. That's the lesson. We're put on this earth for a reason. And that reason is to sit and think about those reasons. And I'm so tickled that this season seems to have struck a chord with so many of you. I get so many kind letters and emails and the fax machine is just, I've got to replace that paper, by the way, but it's just wonderful. All the, all the contact that you've had with me around this season, um, focusing on characters and their creators has really opened the door for me uh, into what the show can be and what it uh, can do. For instance, just in the past few episodes, just this season, so far, while talking to people who are, yes, uh, uh, involved with the creation of, of various things for the stage, the page, and the screen, we, we've touched on much larger issues. We talked about diversity in comic books, women in Hollywood, uh, positive role models for teens. In short, every conversation has been, how do we take that which has been on the margins and move it a little closer to the center? And that's nothing to sneeze at. That's okay. I'm, I'm proud of that. And we go back and listen to this uh, uh, season so far. You're going to find some great conversations. And there's more to come. I tell you where else I like to be near the center. That's on the train. Yes, and I still manage to meet so many wonderful characters, much like the character that was highlighted by our producer and friend of the program, James Bewley. Uh, he had our audio character portrait at the top of the program. Uh, in addition to being not clear how uh, audio software works to remove noise from recordings, James is a gifted storyteller and performer whose life path eerily echoes my own. He's going to be telling a new story uh, as himself. Who else would he be? Uh, as part of the Jenny Rubin Show at the Hi-Fi Bar, 169 Avenue A in New York City on Thursday, November 12th. And that show is free, so be sure to catch him there if you enjoy not paying for things. Uh, if you do miss him, he'll, you get another chance. It's pretty good. He'll be at Bitchcraft at the Duplex on November 24th. You can find out more about him, what he's up to, on jamesbewley.com. And, oh, that site, you go to that site, it's only a month out of date. That's pretty good. I imagine it's hard to keep up with everything for him. For those of us who aren't digital natives, it can be difficult. Well, you know what I did this summer that was fun? 
I went fishing. Have you done that? You've done that recently? I imagine many of you enjoy playing this podcast out there on the boat, cooler, in the back full of tall boys and Dr. Peppers, hooking strips of bologna on the end of the line to lure in the weird fish at the bottom of the pond. I hadn't been out there with a rod and reel for ages, and boy, did it feel good to be back on the shore. But now, uh, uh, this was out uh, with Kitty and Silas Watson, uh, Watson's place out there in Ohio. They're friends of, the, friends of ours, and we'd go uh, spend some time with them sometimes. And uh, it's in the great state of Ohio. Uh, mm-hmm. And to fish there, and maybe everywhere, I don't, I don't know, I'm not up on this, but I, you have to get a license to fish in Ohio. And a fishing license uh, is required to put your invisible thread into a murky lake and hope for the best. So we went down there, Silas and myself and Katrina, and, of course, baby Pepsi was eager to see what fishing was like. So we went down to the Walmart, because that's the place where one goes to buy deodorant and guns. Uh, and I picked up a lovely camo vest while I was waiting for Katrina to pick out a rod. I used to know so many cool guys in the 70s named Rod. Now not so much. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Where all the Rods? So we have to wait at an empty register, a set-up little island in the outdoorsman section of the Walmart, till someone realizes that we're there, and finally a woman about my age saunters over. She reaches for the walkie-talkie on her hip, and she lets them know that, yeah, she's got it. It was a day off yesterday, but now she's back, and though she hadn't seen Linda since lunch. Now, I would add, just so you have an accurate picture in your mind of this gal, you remember the sister on Too Close for Comfort, the television program with Ted Knight? Uh, she was the blonde one who played Sarah. I believe the actress's name is Lydia Cornell. Oh, fantastic Lydia Cornell. Still going strong. Blogging. I don't know what she's blogging about, but by gosh, she's out there blogging and doing appearances. See, this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I hope to achieve. I hope, whether it's this program, or it's the hall videos, or it's the web series, or, or the live shows, or, or just just one of these things has to hit so that I am famous enough that all I do all year is appearances. Just show up at places. Do appearances at the cafe. Do appearances at corporate retreats. Hello, I'm Dale. Get the heck out of there, 10000 bucks. That's all I need. Get a, like four of those a year. I would do four appearances just based on celebrity. Based on what? This woman's getting paid to appear. She was on a show like 30 years ago. Anyway, she's great. And uh, I support the entire entertainment um, ecology. <laughs> Appearances. That's all you got to do. Like people would be consultants. What do you consult about? Anyhow, she was uh, like a little younger, more vivacious Morgan Fairchild. So if you've been a person born after 1990, that should give you a clear sense. Anyway, you know, a lot of things happened before you could crack a book. You know what I mean? Get a Morgan Fairchild book. Look, look it up. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, Lydia Cornell, she as Sarah, I think was the character's name, she had a very feathery uh, blonde hairdo and a real smoky voice. Well, now imagine that same figure, that same basic construction, but fast forward 40 years and just let time and the sun turn the skin to crackling leather and let the three-pack-a-day habit really do its work and don't eat but twice a day and let those meals consist of Budweiser and Zone Mars. And this is the manager of the licensing department, and she was not having a good day. 
She had the raspy voice of a rusted-out handsaw cutting through an ancient scrub pine. I half expected her to vanish into dust if she stepped outside, a vampire hitting sunlight for the first time. Mid-vanish, I'd probably catch a crooked gash of a smile on her face as she welcomed the glorious release from immortality. Now, I don't know how many fishing and hunting licenses they give out at a rural Walmart in southern Ohio, but I gotta think it's a decent amount. But for this employee, bless her heart, she made us all feel like it was her first day. Her first day interacting with people. Her first day using a computer. Her first day trying to spell simple words like Dale or fishing. It took us three hours to wrap up three fishing licenses. You can imagine baby Pepsi was thrilled. What kid doesn't like watching a person collapse into themselves doing the one task they've been assigned to do? And if she sounds and looks like she might be possessed by a tobacco demon, all the better. Kids love it. The best part, though, the absolute best part, was when she presented the idea that we could have all just given one address and saved 20 bucks three-quarters of the way through our interaction so that she had to go back and redo everything she had already done. During that time, the mind wanders, and you wonder, what's happening here? What's going on? Is this person in a long-term committed relationship with a member of a fish family that happens to inhabit the local lake? Was this an elaborately staged event, an attempt to wear us down to the point that we could just walk away and her in-laws would be safe? Now, maybe it's hard to gain their trust, she being a member of the human species and they being trapped. I get it. We all do things that we don't always feel proud about in order to curry favor with the in-laws. And even if we still ended up getting our license, which we did. But I will tell you that the hour was so late and the sun so high that nary a single one of her lover's family was harmed in our great fishing excursion of 2015. We caught nothing. I even bought live bait at one point to try and turn things around for us. So desperate was I to pluck a fish out of that seaweed-ridden lake is it seaweed if it's in the lake? Just murk. It was just murk. Every time you'd cast it, you would pull it back and you'd say, oh, look, a plant. Baby Pepsi was thrilled to get so many plants. Bearing the podcast with a little bit of tea because I'm trying to stay awake. It's 4 a.m. <clears throat> I did find out something about myself in that process, though. I do not like putting on live worms uh, on a hook. It is gross. And you can feel them feeling the pain as they try to wriggle away and into your hand, which it probably thinks is dirt. Just a shaking, trembling pile of dirt. In the end, I'm not sure man was cut out to fish. Maybe just leave well enough alone. I'm happy to be back in New York City where the fish are presented in little beds of ice next to prepared containers of mashed potatoes and rice pilaf and collard greens that I keep thinking I will someday really enjoy but never get around to buying. Not a lot of fish costumes out there on Halloween instead of dressing up like I normally do as a sexy Rubik's Cube. Oh, boy. Somehow I got talked into spending the night in an immersive theater experience in Bushwick. Many... Many minutes spent waiting for someone dressed as spooky Beethoven to play a toy piano. It never happened. 
I went with Steve and Lonnie Dilworth from work. They're twins who run the printing press in the basement of Come Flyer With Me, the nation's premier hander-outer of flyers for comedies and musicals. And I guess they do this sort of thing all the time. Um, Some kind of twin magic happening, I guess. But uh, anyhow, I had a bad taco earlier in the night, so I was not incredibly excited to find out we had been sealed in one of the rooms and had to use our wits to escape. Between Steve and Lonnie, there's about half a wit to you, so it was a good thing I was there. But um, is this really, is this fun? This feels fun? This feels like a, a thing that we all want to do? We want to spend $70 and be locked in a room with no booze? No. No. It's not fun. It's, it, is, it is actively not, it's as if you've just locked yourself out of your apartment. I've had that experience. It's not, it's not fun. I don't need to pay someone else uh, for that privilege. Anyhow, I found the, you have to do, use the clues. You can look around the room and they give you a clues. Well, put this thing in that thing and that thing over there and read a book and do this. And anyhow, I put a giant heart-shaped key into a glowing crack in the wall and I got us the heck out of there. Sleep no more, more like hear the alarm, hit snooze, keep sleeping, get arrested, and do something valuable with your life. Open a food cart. That's what they could do. All the energy and excitement they put into trapping you into one of these uh, spooky deals. Open a food cart. Anything would be better. The only thing I ever like about these immersive theater experiences is, you know, one at some point during the evening, one woman in a mask is going to whisper in, in your ear. That's what's going to happen. You're going to come, you turn the corner, oh, a lady in a mask, and she's going to just whisper at you. I love whispering. I have very sensitive ears. Well, I made it back uh, here to Dale HQ just in time to see the big Halloween candy pile that baby Pepsi had fallen asleep on top of. Nothing like seeing a tiny little obscure Lego character passed out in an M&M coma. Lots of smeared makeup and bent cat ears on the subway the next morning leads me to believe that she wasn't the only one who woke up in a strange place on beggar's night. Every night I end up asleep in someone else's bed. You can be sure it was a night of begging. Oh, my goodness, what am I talking about? Well, if I'm getting randy, it's probably time to wrap it up. And uh, that'll do it for me tonight, folks. We have some more exciting news. There's lots of exciting news to share in the coming month or so. And I can't reveal anything just yet, but I'll tell you, there's a reason that we staked out some of the things that we have. There's a reason we're uh, uh, dropping hints about Deep Night as our broadcasting hour. These episodes are are, are released to the public at that hour, uh, uh, and that's in response to our core listenership of all-night security guards and bakery employees. And because something special is coming in the new year, I can also tell you that if you're on the West Coast, you're going to be in for a treat. But I cannot say anything else. Uh, I don't want to spill more beans. I mentioned I may or may not be on something on audible.com. It's called The Weirdness. The weird thing is I can't find it, and I have to sign up for a 30-day trial to listen to it, um, <laughs> which is great if you do it. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I can't find But listen to it, search it, maybe you'll, you'll catch it, you'll be listening and say, well, that sounds familiar, and that's me. But if you hear me, hear me let me know. And uh, as I said, check out sanfrangelis.co or check youtube.com slash daleradio uh, for a new haul video, opening bags every Tuesday. Uh, there's a lot in my sack that I want you to check out. Okay, 
Till next time, I'll be using my empty whiskey bottles to start preserving my homemade pumpkin jams and jellies. Now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. Dale Radio is written and performed by James Bewley, musical director Steve O'Reilly. Season theme composed and performed by Shockwave. Podcast icon for season eight designed by Jenny Fine. Listen to Dale on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher Radio. And follow the program on Twitter at Dale Radio or on Instagram at Dale Seaver. If you'd like Dale to come to your local VFW or Elks Lodge, simply drop us a line at Dale Radio at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. You're the best. <laughs>